0: Alright, court is now in session Aaron, it's time for some jury duty Jury duty So Aaron, we are getting ready for Canadian Thanksgiving With our first Thanksgiving special Which Mm -hmm. of course, as we mentioned in our last jury duty Is Thanksgiving Gobble gobble and, but that's not all because we are moving right along into the Halloween season And we got some fun yeah. stuff lined up there Aaron, our Halloween special episode mm-hmm. could not be more exciting to me Because um, mm-hmm. I grew up watching this movie yes. and it was one of my childhood crushes is in this movie So,
1: oh, nice.
0: without further ado, Aaron, could you please tell me and our listeners What our, th- our Halloween episode is
1: Yeah, the Vampire Slayer, and what is that? It came out in 1998. 92. 92. Oh, so I was four years old.
0: Yeah, written by Joss Whedon. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm so excited to do this movie, man. Yeah. The cast, the vibe, the 90s. It's like the obviously everyone knows the TV show, but you yeah. might be surprised uh, to to know that there's a movie. And I don't know how many people have actually seen this thing. Um, yeah. But I
1: grew up with it and I'm so excited to revisit it and tackle it. I think this is one of those movies where I kind of would watch in passing like it would be on TV and you would kind of tune into it for like, I don't know, maybe like 20 minutes at a time. And so I'm excited to actually watch it from start to finish.
0: I'm excited to make uh, embarrassing uh, admissions about how I felt about uh, Christy Swanson. (laughs) I can't wait to hear them. (laughs) (laughs) So, Aaron, uh, have you seen any movies uh, recently?
1: Yeah. So, uh, the other day, I went with a friend, a friend and I went to the theater and uh, we checked out Rambo, the newest one. Last Blood? Yes. All right. Um, so my thoughts on it was not a huge fan. Oh. Um, yeah. Okay. So when you think when when someone says like Rambo, what do you? What's like the instant thought that goes through your mind?
0: Just like a whole bunch of violence, just like a, m- machine guns and stuff.
1: Yeah. And so in this movie, there. Don't get me wrong. There was some cool like action sequence and stuff. But overall. Was a pretty tame movie, yeah, and uh, a bit on the darker side. Um, definitely, I came out of that movie being like a little bit bummed out, and um, yeah, and I found that like it seemed like it was Sylvester Stallone working out his like goodbye to a character to like a beloved character on screen, and Mm. uh, yeah, and so he's been doing that. that a lot lately, yeah, yeah, and so. It just, in my opinion, it wasn't like, uh, going out in a blaze of glory, but just kind of like a sad end to a character.
0: Mm. It's so weird how the, uh, just as a sidebar, like, it's so weird how that character has evolved over time. Because the first Rambo was really about, again, almost like Godzilla, about the horrors of war and Mm you have this unstoppable force that, you know, is dealing with, like, PTSD and all this stuff, um... Is any of that even explored
1: anymore in the newest one, Aaron? A little bit, yeah. He definitely he has like a bit of uh, flashbacks, and he does reference it and stuff. And at one point, he says like, "I keep it all bottled up. I keep all my rage bottled up." So,
0: Mm. okay. Well, that is that is at least good Uh, because I I remember the last the, the Rambo before this one. I felt mm-hmm. like had, like, nothing to do with any of that. So I was kind of yeah. wondering where this one was going.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, Aaron, you also mentioned to me that you had seen Ad Astra as well.
1: Yeah. So I, so what uh, did I checked you think, that movie out. Uh, it was, um, oh, how do I put this? I liked it, and I didn't like it at the same time. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get that for sure. Um, I like the mystery behind, like, everything he's trying to, um, he's trying to do. Uh. But I don't know. For me, it just seemed like it dragged on for a little bit too long. Like, it had too many, um, like, just panning scenes and stuff with, like, nothing really going on. <laughs> yeah. And that just made the movie seem way longer than it needed to be.
0: I agree. We uh, When I was watching this, uh, a couple of people left about three quarters of the way through. They gave up on it. Yeah. Yeah. What would you think of the narration? Because that's what really jumped out at me when I... Uh, uh, the
1: narration it. was kind of like it was whatever I, I I'm never a fan of narration because I feel like it's the easy way out of a movie mm-hmm. um because rather than making a character like like show those qualities they just have someone to kind of describe it you know and uh, or their lack of qualities or and I just I'm just not a fan of that and so that's kind of. Like I think this movie would be a lot better if it was just kind of, um... Like, whatever he narrates, uh, rather than narrate it, they just kind of let it play out on screen. And yeah. you're left to, like, draw your own conclusions, kind of.
0: Hey, everyone. I just wanted to jump in right here and give a quick spoiler warning that we're about to talk about the ending of Ad Astra in a little more detail. And, uh, obviously, nobody likes it when a movie's spoiled for them. So, if you haven't seen it, and if you don't want the ending spoiled, uh, jump ahead to the 10 minute and 45 second mark. Okay, diving back in. In 3, 2, one.
1: This movie also seemed like a bit political, too, in mm. uh, kind of agendas that it was kind of, or points of views that it was kind of trying to push on people.
0: I just couldn't decide what it was trying to say because for the first half, now yeah. that you've seen it, I can tell you about this. Like, for the first half of the film, it seemed like he was really down on humanity. Yeah. Uh, but then the ending closeout message of the film is like, hopeful, we're all we've got, humanity, rah, rah, rah. So I was like, yeah. I don't know if I've gotten the sense of truly what the message is behind this film. Yeah. I also don't know if I believe that Brad Pitt's character really has gone through the transformation they're telling us that he's gone through.
1: Well, from what I understood, it seemed like... Um It was his dad that was hindering him the whole entire time. Mm -hmm. And uh, because you see this guy who lives in the shadow of his dad and uh, it affects him in every area of his life because, you know, his dad was such a legend. So he becomes an astronaut and uh, he makes it a point to keep his – beats per minute, like, his heartbeat under, like, a certain thing and never, ever get above that because he's, like, you can tell that he's determined to, like, be better than his dad. Mm -hmm. Uh, Obviously, eventually leads to, like, certain parts of his life falling apart, like his wife leaving him Mm -hmm. and him being emotionally cold about it. And then, so the movie seems like he's just trying to work out himself and the biggest thing that I took from it because and I kind of related in this sense um, is they're putting so much emphasis on finding like extraterrestrial life yeah. and so he's doing the same thing like he's following in his dad's footsteps they're all pushing forward to find like extraterrestrial life and uh, at the end of the movie he finds out it's non-existent and that humanity actually only has itself so it's almost finding out that there is nothing that's going to save us uh, like only ourselves, and then he also realizes that finding his dad was never going to save him, and that he can only save himself. And so he mm-hmm. kind of has like a really realization. It's kind of it's kind of about him, like you know. Um, coming to terms with whatever grief he felt and yeah, he eventually overcomes it. And so I thought that part of the movie was like a really nice, nice way that he kind of like grows and stretches over time.
0: Yeah. The the hardest part I think about making this film and conveying it on screen is that you have these vast amounts of time where he's in total isolation. Yeah. And how do you convey character growth when someone's isolated and doesn't even have like, yeah a, the closest thing we have to him being able to convey his character growth is him just doing those, um, those psychological evaluations, yeah, that's a movie trick to express what the character is feeling and going through. If they don't have like a foil character to bounce thoughts off yeah. of, it's the same as uh, in Avatar when uh, mm-hmm. the main character has those kind of like it's it's our way of getting in the character's head. But like, how do you how do you express character growth when you have someone sitting in you know sitting alone mm-hmm. in the spaceship for like ninety days? Like we have like a yeah. two hour movie. How do you do that? So yeah.
1: Yeah, but I guess in the combination with uh, doing, like, those personal entries and then also the narration, I think it was a bit overkill. Yeah, I agree. Mm-hmm. But I did enjoy the mystery part of things. I did enjoy, like, the visual effects and how they were um, outside the window. You would see, like, Saturn and stuff, and it, it was just, it was really cool to see all that stuff.
0: yeah. I agree. I agree. He somehow flew past all the planets were in alignment somehow, and he flew past all of them. (laughs) Well, (laughs) almost all of them.
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And I didn't even think about the planets being in line there. (laughs) That's gonna drive me insane. Oh,
0: dude, I I was so perturbed by this that I went online to like a a solar system map and was trying to find out what year the planets are would have been aligned enough for this to happen. Um, and, okay. and it would have been 2060, um, huh? but they would have been on the right-hand side of the ship if it was coming from Mars, not the left-hand as oh, it's expressed. Okay, yeah. So it's kind of like, uh, okay, so it is kind of possible, but I think Mars ended up being on like the other side. So it's, yeah. I have no business getting involved in the science behind this film, <laughs> but
1: like that yeah. did jump out at me right away. Yeah. It's trash. (laughs) What a trash movie. (laughs) Changed my mind. (laughs) This movie belongs in the trash. (laughs) That one little detail just did it in for me.
0: Right next to my grade 10 science class in the trash.
1: (laughs) Did you see any movies?
0: Yeah. So this is kind of cool. We were... um we were, uh, we were actually sent a screener for a film, which is rad. That's never happened before. We were sent a screener from uh, Tri-Coast Entertainment. Uh, they sent yeah. us a screener for a movie called Hate Crime. I wasn't sure how I felt, Darren, about us tackling uh, a screener. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But this movie stars John Schneider, who is famously Bo Duke, but also Jonathan Kent from Smallville. Yeah, and uh, as I found out by looking at his Instagram, a pretty competent country music performer as yeah. well. It's actually a really good musician. So I was kind of I was kind of stoked to give it a watch. So uh, this movie, it premiered in twenty seventeen at a bunch of uh, independent movie festivals and it raked in a, uh, about a half dozen awards. Um, Including cinematography at the New Orleans Film Festival, Programmer's Choice Award at the MIFO LGBT Film Festival, and Director's Choice and Best Ensemble Cast at Northeast Film Fest. And so now it's mm. getting its uh, digital release for streaming. So it stars mm. John Schneider, uh, Laura Cayouette, uh, Amy Redford, Kevin Bernhardt, and Jordan Saloum. Basically, this movie is about uh, two sets of parents. On mm-hmm. um, The one set of parents, John Schneider's character, uh, John DeMarco, uh, his son is gay. And um, the other set of parents, their son, uh, ends up beating his son to death because he feels threatened that uh, John DeMarco's son is going to out him as also being gay. Because he's too afraid of his dad's reaction mm-hmm. and how he's going to take it uh, if he comes out to him. So this story follows the two different sets of parents as they both come to grips with the fact that A, one set of parents their son is gone and B, the other set of parents that their, their son is being sentenced to death. So oh, wow. it is <laughs> a gut-wrenching film, like super strong, strong dramatic performances. Um, It's uh, really realistic in its uh, portrayal and uh, very contained. It's only shot in a couple locations and it's got some really, really intense uh, performances. Lots of yelling and lots of uh, like one-sided phone call conversation kind of stuff. Some really, really strong characterization throughout. The, the only thing that really jumped out at me That was kind of weird Was like it is, it is an independent film It's made by uh, Maven Entertainment And John Schneider's Studios company I think it was a bit of a passion project But um, There's something weird with the audio I think all the actors are wearing lav mics So Whenever they move a certain way Or they embrace and stuff The mics become muffled which is weird mm. because like the cinematography is quite good, like it's award-winning technically, but like the, yeah. the 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 audio, every once in a while, you'd be like, oh, they're muffling on the mics and there's cloth on the mics and stuff. But yeah. anyway, the the movie itself, it's it's dead serious, it's really intense. I would say the tone is stark and almost depressing, but the 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 message at the end of the film is very hopeful and it's very much about generational change and. Okay. Um, Acceptance and stuff. So, anyway, huh. it's now available on Amazon, In Demand, Direct TV, Flixing, Fandango, Hoopla, Vimeo On Demand, voodoo AT and T, and Sling Dish, and a bunch of other streaming services I've never mm. heard of. <laughs> I love Sling Dish. Yeah, I can't wait to get me some Sling Dish. <laughs> Man, we talked my about my
1: nickname in high school.
0: <laughs> <laughs> we talked about the streaming wars starting, and oh my gosh, there's just way too many of them. Yeah. Eh? So yeah, it was it was cool to it was cool to be sent a screener and it had kind of a cool feel to it. So um yeah, we're always open to checking out other films. Um,
1: yeah. But yeah, definitely.
0: I, I would give this. A, I would recommend it, but you got to be in the right mood for it because you will feel <laughs> it, it's like a rainy day movie. <laughs> yeah. But the tone, the message behind it's very serious and it definitely resonated. So yeah. Yeah. All right. Okay. All right. Well, we got a lot of stuff coming. Um hmm Aaron, is there anything else you want to mention? Any other recommendations nope. you want to make?
1: Uh, no. Oh, I don't know if any of you guys out there are fans of uh, The Good Place, but uh, mm. season three is on Netflix, so check it out if you haven't already watched that show. It's a sitcom for you guys.
0: Awesome. Awesome.
1: So check out uh,
0: Rambo if you want to see that, at Astra, of course, Hate uh, mm-hmm. Crime, Good Place. And, uh, yeah. yeah, coming in hot, Buffy the Vampire Slayer. She's going to drive a steak through your heart. And... Yeah,
1: so get ready. Get your garlic, get your uh, crosses, get your steaks. And your and pom-poms. Re- <laughs> yeah, and get ready. And sit, Get ready to listen to an awesome Buffy the Vampire <laughs> Slayer yeah. episode.
0: Sounds good. And we'll see you in the Thanksgiving episode.
1: Bye. Bye.